I'm like, oh my God, this is like practically giving away my service. But what's so interesting is that one didn't fly at all. I had people who were like, oh, this sounds really great. If you would consider taking a scholarship student, then my daughter would be really interested. And so then I had an aha moment. This idea of devaluing or making something cheaper for people, screw that. Does Chanel make their handbags cheaper just because someone can't afford it? No one signing up for that saved me because I would have been locked in to delivering something that cheapened my brand. This is Show Your Business Who's Boss. Listen in on behind the scenes, unfiltered conversations with my favorite business owner friends who take charge and make their businesses work for them. Don't just be your own boss. Show your business who's boss. I'm Pia Silva. Today, I'm catching up with an old client of mine who became a friend of mine. That happens a lot, actually. A badass business owner, Christina Semos. You might remember her from my book, Badass Your Brand, when I shared the rebrand that we did for her back in 2016 and how she went from charging hourly and hauling her butt around New York City to meet her students seven days a week to selling a lead product that positioned her as an expert and allowed her to sell packaged services that she started delivering almost exclusively online or made the students come to her office um, and started only working four days a week. This is Christina Semos, of course. She owns Ivy Lounge Test Prep, where she helps high schoolers around the globe get into the college of their dreams with high-end private tutoring for the ACTs, the SATs, and college essays. Her model became so profitable that she ended up having so much extra time to play with, she opened a second business based on her decades-long passion of astrology, and she turned that into Astro Oils. And today, we're just going to chat about all kinds of things, like how Christina's business obviously completely shut down, stopped with COVID in March of 2020 when they canceled the SATs and ACTs, and what she did instead during that time that actually tripled her email list and landed her some highly coveted speaking gigs in September, her content creation process, and how she has landed as the top search results a number of times on Google, and what she learned about doing that, and her mindset shift around people who tell her she's too expensive and how that shift actually encouraged her to raise her prices for 2021, even though 2020 was a really slow year for business. Slow year, and she decided to raise her prices. You're going to want to hear it. So we talk about that and so much more. So buckle up. Here we go. How are you? Oh, my gosh. It's been so long. It's been, it's been so long. Okay. This year has been traumatic personally, let alone COVID. Like, yeah, I mean, we're lucky we are personally have not gotten, you know, sick. Right. And the thing is is that I think I, I learned in with business, with all sorts of things, with my past life as an opera singer, it's like, you can do all the things you're supposed to do. Like say there's a storm at sea, you build yourself this amazing lifeboat. In fact, you really trick out your lifeboat. You can still drown. (laughs) You know what I mean? You have more likelihood of surviving with your tricked out lifeboat. Likewise, someone could just have one of those little like life preserver rings and somehow make it to shore. And it's, you know, but at the same time, you probably, you probably, you would drown if you didn't build a lifeboat however tricked out you can make it will up your chances, but it doesn't guarantee anything. 
And so then it's just like, okay, how can I find? I'll make another tricked out lifeboat. I'll just keep tricking them out until one finally gets me to shore. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's funny. I, I was, my TED talk was actually like centered around that idea for a long time about, about how much we chase certainty, how much we're trying to, in your words, trick out the lifeboat as if you can have certainty in, in life. Right. What we believe, what we try to to tell ourselves that we can't. We try to ignore the fact that there is like literally no certainty in life and at any moment things can completely change. And so we don't prepare for the fact that things are constantly changing and evolving. And really what we should be doing instead of trying to just trick out the lifeboat, we should trick out our own ability to be adaptable to those changes because that's the only thing we can guarantee is that things will be constantly changing. Yeah, it's like being able to adapt or know when like, okay, this one thing I tried that sounded really good doesn't really work. Or I tried it. It's it's now trying time to try something else. You know, like when have you reached that point where it's like, I've done everything that I feel like was in my power to do to make this successful. And at what point is it like, okay, that was my opportunity cost. It didn't work. Moving on to my other great idea, because I've got plenty of great ideas, you know? So I mean, to me, that's just being a business owner. You know, almost nothing that I've done has worked out exactly the way I thought or wanted it to work out. And so many times you kind of put all your eggs in this basket and try something and then it doesn't work and it feels disappointing. But I think in retrospect, with a little bit of distance, they didn't just not not work, but they're not really disappointing either. Like they're all experiences that allowed me to get to where I ended up. So in the moment when you do something and you want it to work a certain way and it doesn't work, it feels like, oh, okay, now I have to give up and pivot and that didn't work and there's no guarantees and I have to try something else. But with a little bit of perspective, it's like, and now because I tried that thing and didn't work out the way I thought it would, it doesn't mean it didn't work out. It actually taught me all of these things. And I now I'm using that here because that is who we are. We're just an amalgamation of all of the experiences we've had up until now, the positive and the negative, the successes and the failures. And they're all important. You can't just learn from successes. In fact, you learn a lot more from failure. So I'm tr- totally. I'm like really trying to just embrace that now and say, you know, win or lose, it's how you play the game. <laughs> One word that I kind of can't stand anymore is the word pivot. I mean, yes, that's uh-huh. what all of us did. But like, you know, when you get one of these marketing emails from, you know, business coaches like, how are you going to pivot your yes. business? It's like, oh, stop it. Stop trying to instill fear in me. That goes back to lesson number one, not listening to anyone because people lie on the internet all the time to make money, which I somehow only just figured out. I'm still <laughs> figuring that out. I know, right? And L- Linda's so funny because she, you know, again, the Scorpios who like see through everyone's BS, they're like, if they said that, you should just like divide by two. And that's how much success they really had. Meanwhile, because I tend to be more on the modest side, I would never say something unless I had actually maybe accomplished twice as much. And I could like, even on a bad day, guarantee that thing I claimed. Me too. You know? I know. (laughs) And so it's really hard to like, like when we get caught in the, the online comparison trap, And also the marketing copy trap, because when you're writing marketing copy, it's like, you know, well, I want to be accurate, but then it doesn't sound like what they're saying. Well, it sounds like these people are just making millions of dollars doing nothing. I don't understand. (laughs) 
right? Like, yes. And yet yes. I know I'm very good at what I do. So yes. how is it possible that you guys over here, and this does not look like sometimes I even go to like, I'll click on something and it's like a terrible landing page and everything is so pathetically executed, but the numbers that they've written are so impressive and, and big and, I and I'm just my brain just goes like I feel like it's scrambled. Like, does I'm not like, compute. Does not does compute. Not compute. <laughs> right. It's like this is not. I, I just had this realization after finding out that like a big influencer on Instagram that like everyone I know follows, and it's like that's so funny because that name it's the same name as someone that I like went on this double date with. Like I wasn't on a date with that person. I was on a date with a different person, pre-wife mm. and, and, and the Instagram person and her girlfriend were the second couple. And okay. I was like, that person got blackout drunk and was super sloppy and offensive. That couldn't be the same person with 3.2 million followers talking about personal development and personal growth. And it is. Yeah. And it's just like, how? <laughs> because because lots of followers doesn't mean you're not a sloppy, weird drunk. <laughs> That's why. Why? No, those are those are completely not connected. <laughs> but the person Your is talking all about self-care and psychology. Right. Well, and, I have a theory um, about that, and, which is that okay, anybody talking about that stuff, myself included, I mean, I, I think we all just wear our personalities and our issues on our sleeves. Like, if, I, like I always kind of in jest, but it's true. Tell anyone I'm coaching. I'm like, well, no, yeah, they're, they, cause they always often come to me and say it and they'll explain how they help people. And then they're like, and it's funny. Cause that's like kind of the very thing that I can't do for myself. Everyone is like that. Yeah. And I'm like, no, that's exactly why this is your business because you, that is your thing. That is your challenge. And so you have built an entire business around trying to fix that thing. So you know, it's not surprising. I just saw someone I follow, you know, said that they were however many years sober and that they were at a very low point years ago, drug, alcoholism, you know, and now similar like personal development, all of that. But like, it's not, it's not surprising that you would be a personal development guru. You would go into that space because that is what you needed help with so much. So you okay. dive into it for I, yourself. I see that. You know I what I mean? That. Yeah. And also, I do believe that, and I've, or, or rather, I've seen this in so many instances, like, like in our cult. Oh my God, we were a part <laughs> of a whole cult, other conversation. Oh, is... <laughs> Pia, you got me into that cult. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, I'm not though. You didn't get sucked into the cult, as no, did, nor I did I. We and we got know. great stuff out of it. Cults have great things. stuff to offer. They do. Like the first <laughs> intro classes are always actually really applicable and helpful. It's just the the part just don't, of just which... don't get sucked up. Just right. don't get it's, sucked in. Exactly. Like if you start switching your career to be like a coach yeah. in the cult, no. then then that then that was no. never it's, that yeah, that was work. never on on my radar. You could have yeah. gotten sucked in with your pole dancing. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I still do. I still do it, but I do it virtually, but I don't have a pole. So I just like dance, that's but hard. it's fine. That's, yeah. that's my exercise. Okay. That's what made me lose my COVID-19 yes, instead of right. gain a COVID-19. <laughs> so I was going to say about the cult is that just because the leader is fallible doesn't mean that the content is not valuable. That is true. And, and that's the other thing is we like to um, throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yes. And, and, and that was, yeah, like 
because there there were things. I still have my little binder with my notes. Like there were some we're, helpful Wait, things. sorry. We're talking about Nixium, by the way, guys. Like we both yeah. took classes at Nixium. <laughs> and I was, did you watch the 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 Vow? HBO? Oh, of course I did. Did yes, you see I me? Totally. Wait, I know I didn't see you, but I saw, I think, Evan. I saw like a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait. Oh, no. Everyone's there. There were a couple of shots of me. I got texts. Oh I know. I That's felt so famous. funny. I know. And people were like, oh, did they ask you for permission? I said, well, no, but I don't care. <laughs> like, I'm not in the cult, oh, nor am also- I ashamed for having taken the classes. They were amazing classes, which is to my point, like he might be a creeper and be totally weird, but like, I never really met him and he has nothing to do with it. Like I had such a great experience in that program and learned so much about myself and right, totally yeah. like faced so many fears. So I don't really care. And there were some <laughs> cool people. Like I'm still friends with Siobhan and just some people who really had their heads on straight who didn't even know about that the weird no most people didn't no most most people people had no idea that was even going on up in albany but but yeah get value where you find it and don't worry about it you know i think a lot of people throw the baby out with the bathwater, and i think it's to their detriment i'll give you an example i had this experience and feeling very anti-salesy like ooh, Mm. i don't like that because it's salesy oh i don't i don't want to say that because it's salesy or you know and that, to me, that's just a, like a fear and a limiting belief that will stop you from doing all the things that you need to do. I watch a lot of people be so turned off to the old concept of sales that they don't end up being able to do the things that would not be salesy and not be icky or make you feel bad about yourself. I mean, there's plenty of ways to sell your services without being a creeper or being you know, the negative connotation that we have with salesy. There's plenty of stuff to do there. Of course, you there must be because how do you sell your services if you can't right. if you can't well, sell them? Well you have them? to offer. I mean it's like instead of thinking offer, of it as yes. oh I'm selling, it's like you're inviting, you're you're offering. Exactly. But I watch a lot of people turn their brains off to even Uh, learning that concept because they're so they're throwing the baby out with the bathwater. They're saying, Right, I don't want to touch it with a ten foot pole. I don't like that. I don't wanna you know, I'm, I'm anti that. I'm very bothered by what that person is saying or whatever it is. And it's like, you know what? If instead of being anti because you have some sort of issue about it, you kind of leaned into it, you can say, hey, I don't like that, but there's a lot of value here because there's always value there. And if you approach things like that, you get more. You get to suck that value out of whatever experience that is instead of just being, I don't know, a naysayer. I'm going off on a soapbox here, but... I just find it very <laughs> annoying, probably because <laughs> no, I watch myself there. doing it. <laughs> you know, it's very easy to hate on things. And yeah. if you see you're hating on something and say, wait a second, I'm hating on this thing. Let me not hate on it and look at it for what it really is and see if there's any value here. You'll just, it, it's only to your benefit. It doesn't hurt anybody else to. Exactly. I wholeheartedly agree there. <laughs> or just asking a question like, what's right about this I'm not getting? Or what can mm-hmm. I learn from this? Or just asking a, an open-ended question, I, I find gets my mind to a different place. As opposed yes. to making a declarative sentence, you know, with a period like at the end. Like, oh, that doesn't work. Or that's not for me. Or if, by making a sentence, mm-hmm. it just, you shut off inquiry. But if you ask a question like, oh, I wonder what I could learn from this. You don't have to answer the question. But at least it like start the little pathways in your mind to look for a possible thing to learn from the situation. Yes. So interesting things about making lifeboats and them not necessarily working, but trying anyway, 
and then eventually getting to shore. Yeah. I mean, you know, I got to shore. It wasn't in a yacht, but I got to damn shore. Okay. <laughs> so that's, that's basically what happened with business in 2020. Like, <laughs> those like first few months of COVID were for me the scariest, right? Because they, so what's so funny about this whole thing is everyone was, you know, how are you going to pivot? Right. Uh, and all of these things, but sometimes like certain industries, like, what do you want me to do? Just change industry. Cause that's what, it, you know, like if you're say masseuse and your business is locked down, you can't do anything. You know, in yeah. my case, it was different because I've worked, you know, on Zoom or Skype, but, you know, for the past five years, it's been mostly Zoom with a lot of my students, even the ones who do live in the city who just don't didn't feel like commuting to my office. And um, that was and that's huge. When I met yeah. you, you were going to everybody's houses. Oh, my God. So, no, I did a funny like I'm an, I'm a Virgo. I'm an obsessive like you know, I guess not collector of the past. It's more like I document everything. So everything is in my calendars. I was just looking, you know, for shits and giggles at like, what was my life like in 2015, 2016? And it was just like all the client meetings taking up, like there were gaps between them because I was traveling to everyone. There were seven days a week. There were like, the last one might end at 10 o'clock and then I'd be going home um, at the time. And I was like, oh my God, like that would literally drive me nuts now. Right. And so then I started looking at like after, you know, we did our brand up like back a few, 2016 it was, it was July, 2016. Yeah. And I remember um, you telling me that story. I was like, oh my God, that would drive me crazy too, because it's yeah. not like you were working all these hours and getting paid for all those hours. So, so you were working these crazy hours and then it was like 2016. Yes. And then we said no more of that. And I was like, you should do this all online. So here's what I have noticed is that like, I, I I tend to get the best results from people when I give people choices, but highly incentivize the thing I want them to do. Instead Mm. of saying, you can't do this other, like, well, yeah, I can come to your house if you live in Manhattan. It just costs 50% more. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I will happily do that. And I would occasionally get a couple clients who really insisted. But at that point, it's like, I am, I totally am fine riding the subway for this because there's so much more money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So I was then, um, sure, incentivizing people to either come to my office or do Zoom. But what I always wanted was to just work remotely. And then all these people, though, they still were like, oh, well, we can get Matthew to come to your office after school. They really wanted me to be in person. You know, even though it's like, well, my my students who are in Canada or Australia or India, like they all do Zoom and they all get results, you know. So what was interesting was, you know, all these people were flailing at the beginning of the pandemic about like, you know, oh, how will we ever do this? And so I felt the need to put like a little banner on the top of my website, like Ivy Lounge Test Prep has always offered remote tutoring, you know, so, and we are still accepting students right now, but it was interesting because a lot of people were like freaking out about doing things remotely. And this was like, I've been doing things remotely for so long, but not for everyone though, but it finally convinced the people who insisted that their kid come to my office that, oh, well, I guess we can do remote. 
then it was interesting because my particular breed of tutoring, right? I specifically do SAT and ACT test prep and help craft college application essays, right? right. So it's literally the stuff you need when you are a junior or senior in, in high school. That's it. And I also help, you know, like with, say, high school math, if someone needs some extra help with that. Sure, I do the subject tests. So then we get to the pandemic, and then my specific niche basically gets shut down because they cancel the SATs and the ACTs. They cancel March, April, May, June. A lot of test centers are done, um, done, like, closed for the ACT in July. And so a lot of schools, like most schools, went test optional, at least for the class of 2021. So the people Mm. who were juniors last year and seniors this year. And so like on one hand, test optional doesn't mean that like their standards got lowered, but try to convince parents of this, right? So I I did. I actually did a bunch of informational webinars and did a bunch of timely blog posts that are still in the front page of Google about what test optional really means. So like my blog uh, is how I get most of my traffic because I've been yeah. doing it for five years and I've been very yes. consistent. And so, so now- and you write very relevant content. Like, can you oh, yeah. stop for a second and just tell yeah. us a little bit more about your process oh. with that? Oh, yes. So my process with writing my blog. So, well, Pia here, lovely Pia, introduced me to one of her high school friends named Molly, who has now become become one of my dear friends, a lovely Libra who is, is, is really fantastic. And she's, you know... Yes, very encouraging because I tend to be very hard on myself because I am a perfectionist, as I imagine you are. So I used to I used to batch everything, right? It's a little bit different now because things change so much that if I were to batch like five months of blog posts and I wrote now what I thought might be relevant in five months from now, it might not be because times yeah. are changing so much right now. So I'm a little bit more writing it in like closer to real time right now Uh but the process is is basically that i'll like you know think gee what is happening right now where in my clients process like would september be or like what are they doing in february what what is happening like is there a test that's coming up is there a deadline that's coming up is there like what is happening in the parent or the the students, because my client is kind of both, like it's really apparent, but it's also like, I have to speak both. I have to be fluent in both high schooler and parent. Mm -hmm. And so based on what's going on, and then also if there are things just happening to us, as uh, is the case, uh, (laughs) right. So basically I will write about it, but what I'll do is I tend to censor myself a lot. So the only way that this works for me is I have a pages document and I start typing away all my thoughts. And then I will copy and paste it in an email to my dear, wonderful Molly, and she will edit it. She might choose which sentence gets to be the subheadline, or she might decide that, oh, well, these can be bullet pointed, you know, instead of writing it as a paragraph. She'll turn it into a blog post. Exactly, exactly. And she'll find like a nice little graphic that like on Upsplash or something that's in the public domain. So just to clarify, you're writing like the, you're kind of spilling out the main information or are you actually writing an article? 
because I do the same thing and I have writers who take my content and turn it into articles, but I, I'm really, it's like a 10 minute brain dump. Once I know I'm going to write about something, I just write it. I free flow it. I don't go back and check it because I just want like here now take this and turn it into an article and they take all of my words and my, my syntax and they turn it into an article and do what you're talking about. I maybe do more framing, but the good news is that if ever I am like, I don't know, there was just too much in the brain dump. Mm -hmm. Molly is pretty amazing at being like, this is actually three articles. So we will do a series. So then she might, in that case, frame like and come with a, a, you know, make an intro paragraph. But a lot of times I end up doing, I don't know, I tend to write in blog posts. So it tends to be a little bit more than just brain dump on my end, unless I just really get stumped. And then and then she's like, just give me what you have. It's fine. But that but I usually tend to write more than maybe is required. But the part that um, I would not want to do is the going into Squarespace and well, what should be highlighted and what should be bolded yeah, and what a should lot be of... the headline and, you know, I don't do graphics like yeah. that. I just don't want to do that. Love it. And, and then she does the newsletter and she'll link to it and there will be a different newsletter graphic and then she'll put it on like she'll make the LinkedIn post and the Facebook post. Right. <laughs> it's like you took a page out of my uh, Badass 30 boot camp. This is, <laughs> this is a great <laughs> process. This is the process, yeah. guys. This is the process everyone should have. You you are the 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 thought the thought leader behind the information you create the core content and then you have somebody else take it and put it into all of these avenues yeah package it up put it on your website put it in your email put it on social media like create this system so that because it i think the thing that people don't get is that they often think they hire a writer and then the writer creates the content it's like no you are the expert you have to create the content right yeah and so yeah. And it, that's the other thing is just even figuring out what to write about that, like the picking those topics is half the battle. And, and I know what to write about because it's my industry. And the other thing is, so this is what's really funny about having consistent blog content is that certain things end up doing really well in like search results and others just don't. And there's no real rhyme or reason which ones yes. are going to hit and which one aren't. You know, I didn't the, know that. The lesson here is, you know, people talk about, oh, I want to get on the first page of Google. I want to be viral. I need to do SEO. No, no, no. The way that you achieve that is that you just create a lot of content and you understand that you can be thoughtful about the content. You can come at the content from what is the value that my clients are looking for right now? What do they need help with? Of course, that's what we're talking about. But you can't choose something that you know is going to go viral. That's not how it works. And you can't choose something that you know is going to get high in the, in the search results. You can only create a lot of content understanding that certain things will hit and you don't know which ones. So your focus should just be on creating consistent, high quality content that is relevant to your clients. That's it. That's the new SEO, guys. SEO is not a thing anymore, in my opinion. <laughs> That's helpful to know because I always felt like I was, quote, doing it wrong. But I just, my thing is, well, okay, so back up a little bit. So when you first met me, really, I didn't have high hopes for my website. No offense or anything. Like, I, like the whole point of my rebranding was to show online how professional and the results and high caliber 
I was because my whole business for like 12 years, a lot of it is word of mouth, mm. right? I, I did not expect that I would like, I did not think that this website would generate leads for me. I thought it would be more of a really polished calling card so that when people already heard about me, they would go to it and be like, oh, this person's actually legit. Like, she's not just someone who graduated from Columbia and is trying to, you know, make some tutoring money in her spare time. Like, this is her career. And so then that's the thing, though, is I needed my articles. That was a big point because people needed to understand what my whole view of it was and they needed to have my expertise demonstrated. And so at first, that's all I was expecting it to be was just like an, a stamp of officiality. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Just let's look more sophisticated than my old homegrown site was and a place for people to like, you know, get to know my voice. So they've already determined if they kind of want to work with me before they they call me. But what I didn't expect is that if you keep up with it and you're consistent. And so now it's been five full years and I don't blog every week. It's every other Tuesday. It's like clockwork. And then a newsletter goes out saying what the new blog post is. And, and it's, not always selling something. In fact, I don't always like I remind people I exist, but I'm not like, here's my new program all the time. And so it doesn't sound like a lot. That's really only 26 blog posts a year if you're doing every other. Mm -hmm. But that adds up to a lot. And it ends up adding up to a lot. And then you end up with just homegrown traffic. And, And so what's interesting is Uh, A recent article I did, and I remember even telling Molly when I was writing it, I was just like, I feel like I am just really angry. And that is where this post is coming from, because the anger coming from how a lot of a lot of parents basically decided that, oh, well, if this is no longer, you know, required to take the test, then we shouldn't have our little Jimmy take the test. It's like, yo, they didn't lower the standards. Does Jimmy need a scholarship? Does Jimmy need merit aid? You know, is Jimmy already valedictorian and started a nonprofit and produced a CD in his spare time? Oh, he didn't. Maybe he needs more evidence in his application than a test score would do that. You don't get into Ivy League schools by doing the bare minimum, right? You know, like you kind of don't get the things you like in life or really desire in life by doing the bare minimum. But a lot of people were trying to do the bare minimum in the beginning of COVID. And so business did get pretty slow. And so for a while, because people were like, oh, the test got canceled. It's like, but you still have to like learn the grammar. <laughs> You're eventually going to take it. Like, So some students luckily listened and then they got early acceptances into their college because they did more than the bare minimum. Fancy right. that, right? Wow. Yeah, but it, it really did affect my business when they canceled all the, the tests, right, right? Right, And so so I did some things. So one is I did some like, let me do some webinars, right? Let me do some free webinars. Let me even, you know, join forces with maybe some college counselors. And just what is going on right now? Which test dates are open? What is your plan considering they just closed this and this one still might be open and they might be doing an online test? Like there were so many changes about which schools might be test optional, which ones might be test blind, all of these things. And so I did that, but I was like, you know what? I'll do this as a way of just building up my email list. And so since COVID, I actually tripled my email list. 
I never really focused on that much. My website for me always was just like, here's a professional proof that I what I'm talking about. Yeah. That I know what I'm talking about from the parent who already referred you. But now I was getting people who found my free webinar and then they stayed engaged. And and so I did that like throughout the, the like the end of the school year. So like through June, I would do one like every few weeks because everyone else was panicking. And it's like, no, 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 let's not panic. Let's who just are you like inviting to the webinar. How are you getting people on the webinar? Let's say there's a college counselor friend, I would be like, oh, let's do this together. So we'd email both our lists. Nice. And then I would put it on Facebook. And then I was like, eh, you know what, I'll make it on Eventbrite. And a lot of random people found me that way. And then yeah. I also emailed old clients, like parents that I'm still friends with, because they're amazing. And like, I don't have a client forever, they age out, you right. know. And so sometimes I, I forget that like, oh, I really love this family. I just don't tutor their kids anymore, because they all are in college, but you know, just, Hey, do you know of anyone who needs to hear this and sharing with some like mom friends or past clients on Facebook, Facebook messenger, emailing it to them, texting some and, and getting the word out that way. You know what it, else it did was that it just keeping me on the, the radar. I ended up, you know, at the beginning of the school year being asked by LaGuardia high school to do like two of their college boot camp seminars, like virtually, obviously. Yeah. So one was about like, you know, the whole test prep thing, <laughs> like all the what if scenarios, of which everyone's stressed out about. And so I did that one. And then I did a talk about like writing your personal statement on your essays. And so I don't know those particular people, but they all heard me speak. And a lot of them, like I made actual special opt-ins for each of them. And with like, you know, like a, a little nurture sequence, but all those seeds really did help. I didn't necessarily write something new. I have so many blog posts. Good so what you. I did was I created a, just, I called it like a five day email course. Mm-hmm. And it basically was you get an email for five days and in each one, it's like one of, one of it was like 100 points in five days or something like that for the SAT and then three composite points in five days for the ACT and then your personal statement guide for college essays. And so I basically found my favorite blog posts, some of which were buried because they were a long time ago. And it's like, hey, if you just learned this, and I would even tabulate in the email, this is worth this many points to you, this topic alone, right? And so then for five days, it was just pure content with, you know, a little priming of like, you know, and my private students or my private clients nice. and with a little underline to like book a pay-as-you-go session or something like that, just so they know that that's an option they're being primed and then make an offer at the end. Like I know this was a, like a last minute, you're trying to raise your score in a cram sort of style. So I'm not offering you a package here, but what I'll do is I'll offer you like this, you know, or here's a session or here's four. And then you save a hundred bucks by getting four. Mm -hmm. or something like that. And so did people necessarily do that? Not really. But then I literally just talked to a parent. And where did she hear of me? From my talk at LaGuardia. And, yep. and so that's the thing is she wanted she she doesn't want a quick down and dirty one off session. She wants to know what my full enchilada is, you know, and so nice. But but that was the thing is I was just like, okay, what can I do? So let me speak. Let me try to educate. 
And, and ultimately, if someone really like decided that for them, their best route was to not take the test and that they could be totally successful taking a school up on its test optional policy and, and not enduring test prep, fine. I'm glad I was able to help with that. You know, I also got texts from some pole dancing mom friends of mine saying, thank you so much for those webinars. We decided to go the test optional route, but all of your emails and your newsletters provided the only bit of sanity in this process. And my daughter got into her second choice school, you know? So it's like, so that's helpful. And so all these little things, so what did yeah. you what did your because I it's your industry specifically has been rocked in a certain way. I mean, I I worked with yeah. some people this year who, you know, I mean, so in everybody's businesses stopped in, in March and April. Everybody that I worked with or I've been coaching that took the opportunity to do exactly what you're talking about, which is, okay, well, I don't have clients right now, so let me double down on webinars, let me double down on my content, let me double down on building my list. Those those efforts came to fruition for some people as early as August. I have one client who, it was like, oh, in August, all of a sudden she was like booked for months with her lead product, but they weren't quite upselling to her, you know, $25,000 thing yet. And now at the end of December, she was like, oh, now I'm booked through the middle of next year with that. Like I have, I'm booking into like March and April because it's like starting to come back. And now everyone, who are they going to go to? They're going to go to the person that they've been following and that, that was there for them during this time of crisis. And so like, am I booked until like next year? No, but, <laughs> but like, are things starting to return to normal? Yeah. They're are starting they? to return. They yeah. They're starting yeah. to. So it's not quite there. Cause I, I really kind of did lose the class of 2021. You did. Like I was able to, oh, such a yeah, but I mean, then I ended up helping a lot of them with college essays. So there you go. And that happened like in the fall, but now this is sort of the time when the juniors class of 2022 the past few months, this is when they start to, you know, start their test prep journeys. And that's kind of happening like normal. Gotcha. You, you, you lost a year, but you're in a seasonal business. I'm in a seasonal business. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So cool. That year's gone. There's a new year. Mm-hmm. And it really, it was sort of like half a year because I had already started working with class of 2021, but then they stopped a lot mm-hmm. of them. And so you know, it is what it is. This is why I say I didn't drown in the ocean. I did make it to shore, <laughs> but, but doing you know, just I did. fine. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but, but interesting lessons about it. So for a while, so I would say another lesson in all of this is I got shaken. So the college board and the ACT canceling the tests for four and five months, that is very much outside of my control, right? Yes. But at the same time, it's like I couldn't help but take some of it personally because, you know, I tend to be self-critical like that. Like, oh, no, I'm not providing enough, you know, value. Like, oh, no, it's just like it's not the time right now. People are stressed if they even have their own jobs, let alone if they're not going to take the test anymore. If they don't want to take the test anymore, why are they going to pay for a tutoring package for a test that they may or may not take? And so, so I had like for a while, I started to doubt my value and I was in a dark place. This was also around the time of, you know, having a a health emergency, non-COVID related in the summer and, and then my, my dog getting cancer. So all of those, you know, it kind of, they they add up. They add up, right? And so I was like, oh, I know, maybe what I can do is like a group 
tutoring class where it ends up being a lot less money than private tutoring would be, but I could ultimately make more because like it would be a group. And then I created this whole thing, did a sales page for it and lead pages, created the actual class in Acuity and, and launched it to my list. And it was really funny because I'm like, oh my God, this is like practically giving away my service. But it isn't because if like, you know, if the minimum of like a few people make it, then I'm making my rate, you know? And so, but what's so interesting is that one didn't fly at all. I had people who were like, you know, this, it's like, oh, this sounds really great. If you would consider taking a scholarship student, then my daughter would be really interested. It's like, this is practically giving it away, you know? And so then I had an aha moment. So like no one, like this idea of devaluing or making something cheaper for people, it's like, screw that. Does Chanel make their handbags cheaper just because someone can't afford it? No, you aspire to get the damn Chanel handbag. Mm-hmm. You know, and then that's the so it, it really whipped me into shape because at first I thought that, oh, this launch didn't work. It was a quote failure. And then it's like, oh, my God, that no one signing up for that saved me because I would have been locked in to delivering something that cheapened my brand. Yes. And and then I was like, I haven't raised my rates in a few years and I was going to. And then COVID happened. I need to do that like inflation. I need to do that. Right. So that's basically, it was like, nope, 2021 moment that hits, everything goes up, everything goes up. And so I figured out like, it basically made me double down that like tutoring is not shelter, food, or clothing. It is not a necessity. It by nature is a luxury. So why should I like, so it's really funny because once I had that mental shift, when certain prospective parents would you know, email and say that it seems like you, you know, like they would basically say I was too expensive. And it's like, oh, I I reframe that as that's so weird that you would say I'm too expensive when you're the person who isn't prioritizing it. It's about your priorities. And also you somehow feel entitled to a luxury service. You feel like this luxury service should be a like given to you that which is and it shouldn't. Yeah. yeah. It wouldn't be a luxury service. <laughs> right. And it's just like, oh, wait. And then I had like, once I kind of like made that little mental switch, mm. then it was like, oh, well, yeah, of course I need to up the cost of my game plan and up the cost of the packages. And, and I also realized that I do uh, want to offer a pay as you go option because the way that we had originally structured mm-hmm. my lead product. Yes. And my packages is that my lead product, an ace the test game plan, it's actually way more than the hour and a half meeting. It's me analyzing your test beforehand, me meeting with the, you know, decision making parents and the student during the call. And then afterwards, I perhaps do a lot more research on, you know, requirements for the colleges they're interested in and exactly like which topics for them would be the least amount of effort to raise their score the most to get them to their target score so that they can, you know, be in the, you know, acceptable test score range mm. for their dream schools. Yeah, that's and so, so I much strategic thought and value. 
Exactly. And so that in and of itself, you know, usually people would then go into the package. But then sometimes they were like, oh, wow, you, you kind of just told me everything to do. Thank you. I'm just like a couple people just took it and ran, which yeah. actually is fine because just hey, how it's designed. It's, right. Yeah. Because, you know, it's, if you're self-motivated, that's great. You don't really need a tutor if you're self-motivated. Right. You're not my client. <laughs> I'm literally for people who need help. <laughs> right. And so so what I did was I kind of like people were balking at the idea of paying for a package up front. And I know that we had you done mean this like, year oh, or in, in general this year. Oh, this year. Because, yeah. Yeah. Changed. And yeah. so things changed. And so before people weren't balking, but sometimes they might do a payment plan, even though the pay, even though splitting it up into, say, three payments ended up costing more in the long run for mm -hmm. them. It wasn't just an eat, but that's the thing is if you don't commit, it costs more, right? <laughs> so, yes. And that's fine, exactly. right? I don't care if you pay the payment plan or pay in full. Right. I'm happy either and, way. But yeah. what I decided was it was almost too confusing. It was a little too confusing to explain. So I was like, I need to just like make it simpler and have something that gives what they think is freedom, but incentivizes them to do the thing that actually would be a, less of a headache for me. So what that meant was I, what I experimented with the past several months after I scrapped the whole group tutoring right. program idea was like, okay, well, like, let me come up with an hourly rate that would be more expensive than the package. like what you're getting in the package. Yeah. But it's hourly. So if you pay as you go, that's what you get. But you can not only save by getting a package, but you get the bonuses, the monthly parent calls, the weekly access to office hours. You only get that if you get a package. And then there's no there's no more like payment plan for a package because if you need a payment plan, just do the pay as you go and you don't get the bells and whistles. You just get tutoring sessions, but you don't have a commitment. You can stop. Mm, nice. And so then it's like, oh, once I framed it that way, it made sense to everyone. Now, some of them still would say it changed from you're too expensive to it's it's very clear that the service you offer is assessment and coaching and goes way beyond the role of what a traditional tutor does. It really is only our particular budget is why we're not going with you. And then taking the responsibility for they can't afford it, not I'm too expensive. Right. And so then, so then when I just raised rates, it was just like, okay, well, let me do it based on the same framework. What would the new hourly rate be? And then what would be the, the, the new hourly pay as you go? Right. And then what would then the packages be to where you're getting a better deal by getting the package and also you get the bonuses? Right. So I love what you just laid out here because, and of course you, this is like perfect for your brain because you and our, our brains work the same way. It's using the numbers and the incentives to your point to get people to do what you want. I like to think of it as, look, I'm happy with all the options. You want to set up your offerings and your pricing so that you're happy no matter what they choose. So do you want to get the full upfront payment? You know, that's always nice. But if people are paying a much higher rate to pay hourly or as they go, 
then you can kind of feel like, well, okay, fine. Pay as you go. I'm making more money that way, right? So there's like a benefit to everything for you. And that way you're detached from whatever their choice is. And I think that that's a really nice way to run, particularly like to offer services because it takes out all that slimy sales stuff, that stuff that's uncomfortable, which is like, oh, I'm trying to get you to do something or or I'm I'm bummed if you don't do this. You don't want to start a, a working relationship with someone bummed that they didn't pick the certain option you want to be happy that whatever they pick so it's like yeah you know i loved that feeling of yeah i literally don't care if you pick you know in my case like the small or medium package i really don't care if you get the bigger one or not because they're the same to me it doesn't matter i have benefits for both yeah exactly and it felt so much lighter to me to have a Mm. simpler way of explaining it yes where it's like, oh, you can totally just do pay as you go. It's, it comes to about this an hour, you know, right. like. And you don't get all the bells and whistles, which is which are the bells and whistles that we added in so that it could be packaged so that you weren't selling your time. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And, and, and that's the thing is then people are like, oh, maybe I should do the package because then, you know, right. and and like, but no, it's like it. fine either way. Right. It's, yeah, it's like fine either way, you know. Right, right, so, right. So that was like that aha moment Mm -hmm. where it's like, but it wouldn't have happened had I not tried to um, launch a program that ultimately probably wasn't really aligned. Mm. So this is a perfect, so that's a perfect example of what I was talking about earlier, which is, you know, you did the program, (laughs) it didn't work out the way you wanted it to. It feels like, oh, it didn't work. But in actuality, it is the stepping stone that took you to where you are right now, which is like much more fluid and authentic to what you want to be doing. Right. And that's the other thing is like, if, you know, I, I do like, like, listen to my intuition a lot. Like if something just kind of feels like, like a little gritty, if it's, it just, if it, there's a certain, like, like I know if I really listen to my body and listen to my intuition, if something feels good or not. Mm. And the idea of this group program did not feel good. It was like going to be locking in my, my evenings at a certain time every week. Mm. And I just didn't like that idea, but I went through with it because I thought it would be a good idea because, Mm. Oh, it's, it's COVID times. We need to pivot. You need to think about doing it like this or doing it like that. And it's like, wait a second. Like if some, like what I offer is a luxury. If someone can't afford it, 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 it's unfortunate, but I can't work with everyone anyway, you know, I just don't have the time. So I can't feel bad. Like, that's why I offer a lot of like free content on my blog. Like I give really good free content, like to the point where I was able to like kind of reshuffle it and make it into a few email courses for some opt-ins, you know, and books. it was, Yes, actually. Yes. And I was able to repurpose a lot of it and and write more, obviously, to make some books. And like, if that's what you need, you need help with the the subject tests, then those are super cheap. They're like 10 bucks each. It's really not a big deal. You know, so there are options out there. It's just if you want personal handholding like that, you're not entitled to that. Yeah, that's not like a give me that's like a that's a luxury. Well said. And that's also another reason why creating great content is such a valuable 
asset for any service business. Not only is it doing all of these great things for your business and bringing you people and, you know, building your authority and all of that, but it's it's like it's the response to anybody who can't afford you. It's like, well, there's right. plenty of value out here. Like I have, I'm giving like away the farm. There's a search bar yeah, in feel, the archives of the article. <laughs> I feel the same way. It's like, I've, I've literally told you everything in these articles. Like, you know, you can't have my time because, because of all the reasons we're outlining, but there's, there's plenty there. So yeah, it, yeah you don't, and like you don't owe book, people your time. Right. Right. And, and, you know, that is, but that was a big aha. And of course, like there's like, not necessarily imposter syndrome, but it's more like fear of letting people down, like wanting to people please a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then when I was like, wait a second, people are literally telling me my, the group coaching program is too expensive. What do they want? Free? And, and turns out a lot of people really like in this crazy time of COVID, they really kind of did want someone to just like be their governess for free. Yeah. <laughs> like that's basically what people kind of wanted. And it's just like, I understand we're all in difficult positions, but, and, and for certain people, like I get it. Like if, if someone's a 24 year old, they just graduated and they were going to be like a entry level teacher at a school, then for them, it might be a really great option to like have a little pot of students that they teach in the backyard somewhere. But that doesn't work for like a full grown, you know, woman. Well, that doesn't who... really work for that person either. Right. <laughs> Everybody has to pay their bills. It's, it's I think that because there was a lot of free stuff maybe some people expected it. But I would also just offer that it's like there are always going to be people who expect things for free. There are always going to be yeah. people who think things should be, quote, cheaper or less expensive. Like what is cheap? What is expensive? What's in the middle? These are relative terms. There, no, Nothing is objectively cheap. It's all relative. Exactly. It's all, it's relative. all relative. So I, I find a lot of people, especially early on when they don't have the confidence that you have built over many years running this business, confidence in themselves as experts, confidence in the prices that they charge. I find that a lot of people will be easily knocked over when they say a price and somebody says, oh, I can't afford that or that's too expensive. That's too expensive. They usually don't say I can't afford it. Nobody wants to say I can't afford it. They say you're too expensive. I you're know. the problem. But you know what? the person you are expensive to, you are also too cheap to somebody else. And what people don't understand is like the laws of luxury are that some people will only pay when it is more expensive. Right. And that was another thing. I was like, oh no, like I think I was priced just right for a few years ago, but now I'm somehow to where the wrong people are looking at me thinking I'm too expensive. But then the people who wouldn't think I'm too expensive somehow aren't looking at me. So I'm like, oh, Time to raise the prices, time to figure out how to get media hits, you know, which, yeah. Yeah, which is you are perfectly <laughs> positioned to do because you have created this amazing authority online and people are looking to you like you are high, high class lady. So they're ready to pay you. And it and you those clients that we're talking about, the ones who want to pay more because they believe yeah. it's better, they won't hire you if you're not expensive enough because they won't respect yeah. what you do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. I'm so excited yeah. that you raised your prices. After a year, when you basically lost half a year of clients <laughs> because of COVID, you said, I think in response, I'm gonna raise my prices. I think that's so yeah. badass, Christina. Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> but also like, cause 
I'm also very woo-woo and spiritual, even mm-hmm. though I believe in facts and, and real news. But but <laughs> but I'm into astrology. And, you know, I don't hang on every word of horoscope. But what I do do is acknowledge that things go in cycles, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes things flow a little more easily in one area and they're harder in another. And so what's so interesting is I kind of started a a second business because it's like, I just love astrology. I should make a website. And at first I was trying to pair it a lot with essential oils. And then I eventually decided that, no, I just kind of like doing my weekly cosmic forecasts and, and offering chart readings. And here's what's really funny is for shits and giggles, I decided to respond to a Harrow query in September. And I ended up the next day getting featured in Bustle magazine. You're kidding. As an astrologer and owner of Astro Oils. And then since then, I have made it to 14 articles in Bustle, one in total beauty. I was the featured astrologer on the 0% Scared podcast. It's hilarious. But I also kind of have the no-nonsense like, yeah, something's happening astrologically. That doesn't mean that you can relinquish all responsibility and abdicate, you know, control. It's like, no, it's just like this thing might be easier to do. This other thing might be harder to do. If you want a tool to help you through this, the, the hard one, here's a tool. If you want to follow the easy energy, you might actually get more out of it because energy's on sale, you know, as, as I like to see it. But it just everything ebbs and flows. So I I remember like there was a winter back in, I don't know, a long time ago is where I had a slow, like two or three months in tutoring. And I I freaked out like, oh no, is it over? Right, Right, right. It wasn't. It was just a shitty season, literally season, like three months. And then things can come back. There are things in your control you can do. In my case, it's blogging, speaking, you know, sharing my message, writing books. I'm gonna now like now that I with no attachment was able to get media attention for astrology. And it's like, okay, when I treated it as like a fun thing to do, like, why not? I happen to know this, like, like the back of my hand. So why not uh, give my expertise? Why not try that for tutoring? Right? And so I, I have submitted to a few things haven't been selected yet. Now I'm going to like in 2021, one of the things is to maybe write some pitches to some appropriate places where my ideal clients hang out. But it's funny because it's like, I don't know how I even did that with astrology, but it just happened. And it's just like, this is so random. (laughs) Yeah, but you you put it out there that was never going to happen if you hadn't responded to that. Right. And I'm surprised you haven't tried to do that with Ivy Lounge uh, test prep because you... Well, I try... Well, so test prep, I have also been trying when something is applicable mm-hmm. to my niche. And it hasn't been so far as successful. But again, it's just like, okay, well, I threw spaghetti against the wall. It worked fabulously for one thing, didn't for the other. Let me try something new. Yeah. You know? Right. And or to me, it's like what worked last year in the worst time possible, what worked last year? These webinars that got yeah. your speaking engagements. To me, that's what you should be doing right now. I find that a yeah. lot of people will do things, particularly webinars, they're a good example, where they get a lot of good value and then they go, oh, great, okay, so I'm gonna go do something else now <laughs> instead of doing that thing again and again, the thing that worked, that proved itself to work. Um, <laughs> do that again, hello. Yes, 
I will definitely put that on my docket. Okay, perfect. (laughs) Well, it's been awesome catching up with you, Christina. Thank you. And also I like, you know, a potential offering to your listeners. Oh, yeah. They mention you and like show your business who's boss. They mention your podcast this episode. Then I'm happy to still acknowledge 2020 package rates if they contact me before March 1st. You heard it here first, guys. If you have a teenager who's trying to get into college, definitely contact Christina. I'll put that in the show notes. Okay. Sounds good. Awesome. Awesome. (laughs) Thank you, Christina. It was so nice to see see you. you. I miss you. I I can't wait for us all to like swan dive into vaccines so we can have dinner again. Me too. We, we, I owe you a trip to Miami to go visit Natasha. Yeah. We, we yeah. were supposed to do that and then all hell broke loose. And then all hell broke loose. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll chat soon. So guys, if you know any college-bound high schoolers who want to bump their scores to get into their dream college, you definitely need to immediately share Ivy Lounge test prep with them because Christina is brilliant when it comes to everything math and test prep. And I wouldn't trust anyone else to over her to get those goals for my kid, that's for sure. Um, as she shared, you can tell them to mention me, Pia Silva, or this podcast when they contact her and she will give them 2020 pricing from now until March 1st. That's quite a deal. Also, if you know any other entrepreneurs who struggle to put their business in its place and could benefit from hanging out with us, please share this podcast with them. Hard work can only take you so far. It's how you show up in your business that really makes the difference. And to make sure that you don't miss an episode of Show Your Business Who's Boss, hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast player. One of the best things that Christina did after we brand upped her business was to double down on her writing. I distinctly remember telling her she was sitting right there on the couch in this office. I told her how much she needed to write a book because her passion was just oozing out of her for math. And that's the person who should write a book about math and SAT tutoring. Um, And I told her that blogging was the path to that book. And here we are five years later. I tell a lot of people to do that, but most of them don't. But she has two books now and she has hundreds of articles that feed her clients and that get her found on the first page of Google. And she doesn't do it all alone. She does it because she took my advice and hired someone to manage that process, take her brilliance and then do the heavy lifting for her, which allows her to create all of that content. So taking inspiration from that story, how limited are you by how much you can grow your authority online by your own time because you don't outsource anything? I couldn't run my business without my dear, sweet, superwoman VA, Amanda, and she has allowed me to stick to my 25-hour work weeks for years because she takes care of so much of the day-to-day work of this business. So Today, I want you to just start considering what can you start outsourcing to 10x your output? Because that would definitely be a great next step to showing your business who's boss. Show Your Business Who's Boss is produced by Yellow House Media. Production coordinator is Sean McMullen. This episode is edited by Marty Seafelt. Production assistance by Kristen Runvik. 
Our theme music is Glass Prisms by Western Runners. 